It is Tuesday, August 13th, and this is The Rally. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and it is time for another episode of The Rally. And Scranton Wilkes-Barre, they got the day off yesterday, and tonight they begin a gauntlet of 21 games in 21 days, beginning with a three-game set down in Charlotte, North Carolina against the Knights. Real Riders fell on Sunday to the Gwinnett Stripers 3-1, so let's take a look at the highlights. The game began with Davey Garcia looking really strong for the Rail Riders. He got a scoreless top of the first inning, though it took some doing. It was 36 pitches. He loaded the bases but was able to escape by striking out Christian Pache, the top-hitting prospect in the Gwinnett Stripers and Atlanta Braves organization. So it was a scoreless top of the first inning, and the Rail Riders then came up in the bottom of the first. And it was a couple of quick outs, Clint Frazier, Tyro Estrada. They were going up against the top pitching prospect for the Atlanta Braves and Ian Anderson. And after those two were retired, Tyler Wade singled. And that set the scene for Ryan McBroom. Here's the toss to McBroom. Crushes it to center field. Heading back is Pache to the wall. It's off the top of the wall. Playable. Wade's going to score from first. McBroom into second. Here's the throw home. The slide by Tyler. He's safe. Hits the top of the wall just over top of the glove of Pache. And Scranton Wilkesbury takes a one to nothing lead on a Ryan McBroom double inches away from being home run number 20. So the Real Riders had a one nothing lead, but Unfortunately, the bats would be quiet from there on out. The Rail Riders, back-to-back -back singles in the first inning. They had just two more hits the rest of the game. And though Davey Garcia and the Rail Riders pitching staff was pretty good, they weren't able to keep Gwinnett off the board totally. So it was scoreless for Gwinnett until the top of the fifth inning. The Rail Riders still had that one nothing lead. But the fifth inning began with a couple of singles, Jack Lopez and Sean Kazmar Jr. And after a lineout, there was one down in the fifth inning, and that was it for Davey Garcia. Four and a third innings. He didn't allow a run to that point. But after Trevor Lane entered for his AAA debut and Lane walked a man, he then struck a guy out, struck out Pedro Florimone. The bases were loaded, and there were two down, and Gwinnett came up with its big swing of the game. Ryan Lamar with a bases-clearing three-run double. 3-1 three Gwinnett had a lead, and that would be it. Rex Brothers and David Sosby, they were strong on in relief, but Real Riders offense just never got anything going. Terrence Gore doubled in the ninth inning, so the Rail Riders brought up pinch hitter Eric Kratz to try and tie it with one swing, but Kratz struck out. The ball game was over, and before crowd of 6,349 fans on a sparkling Sunday afternoon at PNC Field in Music, Rail Riders fell to the Gwinnett Stripers, ultimately dropping two out of three to the team that has the best record in the International League. The loss goes to Davey Garcia. He's one and three, despite the fact that Garcia didn't give up a run while he was in the game. Both of the runs for Garcia came on as inherited runners once Lane took over. Ian Anderson got the win for the Gwinnett Stripers. He was great. Six innings, one run, six strikeouts, the top pitching prospect in the Braves' system. He looked exactly that. He was top shelf Sunday afternoon for Gwinnett. It was a Sunday, and as always on a Sunday, we've got to look around the minor league system. The report coming down from single A Charleston, high A Tampa, double A Trenton, and right here in triple A with our very own Adam Marco. Up first, Matt Dean in Charleston. 
With this look at the Charleston River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. After a wild three straight wins in Hickory, the River Dogs head into play Sunday, winners of 10 of their last 12 and within three games of the second half division race. On Thursday night, Charleston leaned on pitching and defense to hang on in a 3 to 1 win led by Josh Stowers' tremendous defensive game. The University of Louisville product laid out for four great catches, including robbing a first inning home run and diving into the extended netting and right field to bounce back into the field to play. Definitely probably one of the better games of my career, um, especially defensive wise. Um, you know, sometimes you even get the chance to make, you know, those four plays I made throughout the whole year, uh, you know, get alone in one game. So being able to make those plays just kind of like gives you confidence uh, offensive wise. I've always uh, prided myself on just being able to uh, make plays defensively, even if I'm not hitting. After Thursday's tremendous win, the River Dogs rolled the long ball to victory the next two nights. Here's the 3-2. Lockridge goes, swinging a high, towering drive to right center field. Back is Aparicio, leaps at the wall, and it's gone. Caden Smith with a two-run go-ahead blast. Sneaks it over Aparicio's glove. His ninth home run of the season ties it and gives the Dogs the lead. Wagaman sitting on five on the year, swings away, drives it out to deep left field, staying to the right of the pole. That one's gone. Big fly by Eric Wagaman. Puts the dogs on the board in the second, gives them the lead for the first time in the eighth. And after starting the year 3-39 when trailing after seven innings this year, the River Dogs have three such wins in the last six days. Charleston goes for the four-game sweep on Sunday evening at 5 p.m. from Hickory. With this look at the Charleston River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. With the Tampa Tarpons, I'm Nick Flamia. After winning five straight road games to move into first place in the second-half standings, the Tarpons have since lost four in a row to fall one game back of Nuneaton. 24 games remain on the regular season schedule, and the race for the final North Division playoff spot is tight, with Tampa, Lakeland, and Clearwater all within two and a half games back of the Blue Jays. Several Tarpon hitters have sparked since the calendar turned to August, including catcher Donnie Sands. On Thursday, the 23-year-old clubbed his first home run since April, and entering today is hitting 333 over his last 10 games. Sands was quick to credit hitting coach Joe Migliaccio for his recent success. Yeah, it has been a very long time since that first homer, but uh, just working with our hitting coach, Joe, um, we worked a lot on, I kind of went through a swing change, complete swing change. It was, to be exact, June 12th. That's when the process started and just working on like strike zone discipline and hitting the right pitches and not beating so many pitches right into the ground, pitches I shouldn't be missing. So, I mean, working with him. The additions of right-handers Luis Heal and Alexander Vizcaino have enhanced an already impressive list of starting pitchers here in Tampa. I asked Donnie about his perspective on the newly revamped rotation. Well, since we don't, I, I think we don't have a starter that throws under 95 now. I mean, it's been really impressive since they're all super young and they all throw 100 miles an hour with unbelievable stuff. So it's been, I mean, all of them, it's been unbelievable to be able to catch and watch. Coming off a career-best seven scoreless innings and a win at Lakeland on Monday, right-hander Clark Schmidt gets the ball this afternoon as the Tarpons look to salvage a win against Wander Franco and the Charlotte Stone Crabs. With the Tarpons, I'm Nick Flamia. With the Trenton Thunder, I'm John Moses.
This week, the Thunder earned back-to-back -back series victories over Bowie and Harrisburg, going 4-1 against a couple of the top teams in the Western Division. Right-hander Nick Nelson turned in another brilliant outing on Wednesday night, striking out 11 over six and one-third scoreless innings. The outing matched a season high in strikeouts, and Nelson has grown into an ace on the Thunder's staff. Over his last seven appearances, including six starts, Nelson has pitched to a .96 earned run average with 51 strikeouts in 37 and two-third innings, and held Eastern League opponents to a 129 batting average against. Manager Patrick Osborne reflected on the right-hander's season earlier this week. Yeah, he's really taking some steps forward. Uh, he's starting to turn into the starting pitcher that a lot of us believe he can be, and that's kind of a front-line type guy with dominant stuff. Uh, I think he still can clean up some of the walks. I think that's going to be kind of his next hurdle, and once he does that, this kid's going to be close to being a major league starting pitcher. So uh, it's trending in the right direction. I've told people that if we had, if we were to start the playoffs today or tomorrow, he'd he'd probably be our choice to to go game one. You know, he's been dominant. Thunder go for the sweep of Harrisburg on Sunday night at five o'clock at Armenhammer Park with right-hander Nick Green slated to take the ball. With the Thunder, I'm John Moses. With Scranton Wilkesbury, I'm Adam Marco. Twenty-two games left in the 2019 season. The Rail Riders remain a first-place club. Over the course of what can be a very long season, a variety of roving instructors and coordinators make their way to each and every one of these ballparks. This past week, catching coordinator J.D. Klosser was in music. The Rail Riders have used a few catchers this season, the current contingent being Eric Kratz and Francisco Arcia. Kratz, a 39-year-old, began 2018 with Scranton Wilkesbury traded to the Brewers to acquire Wendell Riho, re-signed with the organization when Ryan LaVarnway went on the injured list a couple of months ago. I think it's amazing. I mean, shoot, he's six months younger than I am, and he's still able to play at a, you know, perform at a high level. I think one of the, the biggest attributes that Eric has is that he takes care of himself really, really well. If you're here early and you see him, he's in the weight room getting himself rolled out and doing the things that's necessary, and he's got a really, really solid routine to lock himself in every day to give himself the ability to do that, like you said, at the uh, young age of 39. Scranton Wilkes-Barre soon to get back Kyle Higashioka, optioned out by the Yankees on Saturday when Gary Sanchez was activated from the injured list. Klosser, thrilled in the impact Higashioka has made within the organization this year. I think the more you get up there and the more you realize that, you know what, I can do this, I think that it starts to work out well. And then when he's down here, he just takes care of business. That's just all you can do. You can't control what's going on above you. You just have to go out there and play and do what you can do. And then when you're called upon, go up and do your job. And he's done a really, really nice job of that. With the Rail Riders. I'm Adam Marco. Big thanks to those broadcasters for sending in the reports this week, and thanks to you for making the rally part of your day today. Scranton Wilkesbury gets underway down in Charlotte with a 704 first pitch. Yep, 704, that's the area code down in Charlotte, so they go with 704 first pitch each of the next three days. Tonight, tomorrow, Thursday, all three games will be at 704 down at BB&T Ballpark in Charlotte. Pre-game coverage. With me, Adam Giardino, at 6.35. I'll be flying solo all this week. First pitch, again, at 7.04. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later on tonight.